My name is Stephen Downey, and you are very welcome to episode 46 of the Mindful Living Guide, the podcast where we try to bring mindfulness into your everyday life through the art of conversation. And today is a great show for you. I have a, a mindfulness expert, uh, Helena G- uh, Deline, who is the owner of Giddy Studios, and um, she's just a great knowledge on mindfulness, mindfulness practice, and I really, really, you can tell from this episode, uh, we just buzzed off each other and um, I hope through the conversation that you'll get to learn an awful lot about mindfulness and mindfulness practice and where you can bring it into your everyday life. Um, So please sit back and enjoy this week's episode of The Mindful Living Guide. You are so welcome to this episode of the Mindful Living Guide. And this is going to be a belter. Do you know, do you ever just connect with someone who you've seen in the background a few times and you've never had a conversation with them? But as soon as you talk, you realize you have so much in common and such a common outlook on life that um, you need to get to know each other more. Um, this week's uh, guest is Helena Deline. Uh, she is the owner of Giddy Studios Pottery and a mindfulness expert as well, which is going to make for a fantastic, fantastic conversation. Um, She is an accredited coach for children, teenagers and adults. And uh, Lena, you're so welcome to the Mindful Living Guide. Thank you so much, Stephen, for having me. I'm absolutely delighted to be here. Um, and I have to also say thank you so much uh, to our friend, Jen Maher, who put a, both of us in touch and said, it was like knocking two heads together. Goes, you used to talk about the same things all the time. You have to chat <laughs> together. <laughs> Big shout out to Jen. Totally. She saw it before the two of us did. So, yeah, kudos. And, Thanks, Emil. And like we were saying, like we the, the universe happens in mysterious ways because it was actually... Um, Jen was telling me that she was talking about you to me and then suddenly I think she was down in at, isn't it there, the, the big um, treehouse or something like that and yes. she suddenly bumped into you out of nowhere and I was like there's the universe aligning us but I listen know. let's get back to, you, to yourself about your story and like you've got an interest in mindfulness and in bringing the kind of mindfulness practice into companies but where did it all start how did you get into mindfulness originally? Yeah, great question. And it's lovely to get the opportunity to reflect on the journey. So thank you for holding this space, Stephen. Um, About seven years ago, I started my mindfulness journey as a student, um, MBSR, and it was born out of pure need for finding a toolkit to help me navigate my day to day. So seven years ago, I had two small, smaller, smaller children than than now, like a five year old and a three year old. And I was running a seven day week uh, pottery painting studio out of Dundrum Town Centre. And it was pure day to day, like challenges that actually brought me to mindfulness or brought mindfulness to me. And I never looked back from the moment I started it. I felt the benefits mm. and far more so than anything else I'd ever done. 
And what was really interesting or what is really interesting and what I try to impart to, you know, my my own community now as I as I teach is that mindfulness is always there for us. It's not like other means of, I suppose, do you know, I'm even comparing it. I shouldn't be comparing, but to like say my own relationship with doing things like gym and that kind of stuff. Mindfulness once you start, the bank keeps building as opposed to if you end up in a gap, you feel you can't go back to it. You can always go back to it, no matter how how much of a gap you've had in the middle. So I guess initially I wouldn't have been practicing every single day, just to be totally honest. But what I noticed is I always felt I could go back to it. And, and a gap was not a, was not an issue as such. And the more I went back, the more beneficial it was to me, the better I felt. And then I my my practice just increased and increased and increased over time because I could see the benefits. So it's like a, a lifelong friend that um, you might not have seen in months or months. But the, as soon as you come back, you, all those endorphins come flooding back of uh, how good it is for you. Totally, totally. Um, and that's really, I think, isn't that lovely? That mm. that's a lovely way of describing it. Actually, the way you've done it there. Um, well, yeah. I think it's important for people to know. And you've been very honest, and I, I'm always honest about that. Um, that sometimes I struggle to practice every day, and but I can still go back to it. And that's one of the reasons why I, I talk about a lot about mindful living and incorporating mindfulness into your life, rather than thinking of it as an external tool. Um, yeah. like where like. Yes, we have form of practice. Yes, you can sit there for your, your 20, 30 minutes practice each day. And that is a fantastic um, ritual to have. And it's so beneficial. But equally, if all you can do is pause for a moment every day, that is still going to bring the benefits. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it one informs the other, I suppose, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but you're so right, the informal, the washing of the cup, the washing of our hands, brushing of our teeth, you know, eating an apple. Yeah, oh, it, 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 oh, it's all so, it's just such a lovely way to experience life. That's it. It's like recently I was I doing a workshop actually with Jen and uh, I was talking to people about, uh, about the shower and yeah. uh, asking how, how many people shower on their own. <laughs> because there's so many of us that we we bring every conversation into it, every thought into our shower. And instead of uh, just giving yourself that space, you know, that that bit of time for yourself. Yeah, 100 mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. Just being there with the sounds and sounds. Sounds are really, really a massive part of my practice, actually. Wow. Um, even. I suppose the further in I get, I feel the sounds are, uh, you know, just very, very relevant to my day to day informal practice. Um, And even at times throughout the seven years, the breath might might have been a bit of a struggle at times. So, you know, in on reflection, I'd be able to go, God, the breath would have been handy there, wouldn't it? Yeah. and and I know even when I started, um, the sound practices yeah. used to be 
in, in I know we're in a judgment free environment of our practice and all practice is relevant Absolutely. and all practice is powerful. But I definitely found sound very accessible when I couldn't get to the breath. Wow. Um or when the mind was wandering, really, really wandering. And you know, you're you're trying to guide yourself back to the sensations. But on the days that I found the, the breath, you know, a little bit trickier, I could always connect in with sounds. And it's one of the practices I absolutely love delivering now. Because yeah. we do uh we gather on um a Thursday morning. It's a Thursday tonic, is what I call it. Yeah. And it's an online community and it's 645. And the 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 richness of sound first thing in the morning is 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 really impactful, I guess, and beautiful to connect with. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes a lot more than when the day kicks off. Um yeah. it's just so rich first thing when there's nothing, nothing really stirring, but so many sounds changing in every single moment. Um, yeah, I love it. I love coming. It's back amazing. And and like there's there's a lot of people that they'd start off uh, their first introduction to mindfulness would be the breast, the body, the body scan. And um, just to know that there is many practices out there like that, mm. like the sound. And um, it's interesting actually when I, before COVID and all that and past life, I used to, I used to commute to the city center every single day and yeah. I used to struggle to find somewhere to practice. And uh, I just found that it, it was a high pressure, stressful type job that I needed to find somewhere at lunchtime uh, to practice. So yeah. what I, I the the office is based near the mansion house. And what I used to actually do was go down and walk. Uh, There's some benches just along the keys, uh, not far from the CHQ building. Yeah. And I used to just sit there and I, I started with the sound just kind of, and because I was very self-conscious of sitting there um, trying to meditate. Uh, and after a while, I, I started with the sound, but after a while, I, I realized that most people walking past didn't actually even notice me and didn't actually care. And um, there was a, yeah. a lot from that. But what I found that the introduction into that and how I actually was able to practice there and sit there was be, to be able to just sit there, even with my eyes slightly open and just listen to the sounds around, whether it was the seagulls, whether it was the traffic, whether it was even the sound of the water going past. Um, that th- These are all sounds and soundscape that, are happening every day but we're so focused on ourselves our mind and what's happening that we, we we're, we're not listening to it um like there's many so times where me. i've gone for walks around the same block from a fitness point of view and trying to walk as fast as i could missing all these opportunities you know yeah yeah, yeah. and you've you've raised a really really valid point and it's the same I suppose narrative throughout our chat here where it's lovely to remove that barrier to practice um mm. that 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 sometimes we can fall into where we feel like the headphones have to be in and we have to be doing a guided and you're bringing up something and and something something a memory for me that just came to mind as you were speaking about your chq benches moment i remember being in the car on the way to visit family with family in the car mm-hmm. and trying to hit my goal or my target this is way back at the beginning of doing the 30 minutes or the 45 minute practice because i wanted to kind of be a good student do my homework and it was it was the funniest thing so i kind of told my, my alan and the girls that i was going to do my mindfulness practice like in the car like hilarious right I put in the headphone put on my body scan 
And about 10 minutes in, I was like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> life is happening in the car. This is the opportunity to practice by listening to the girls, chatting away, by chatting, by enjoying life. But what I had done in that moment was trying to overly formalize it and was going off on a quite an, I suppose, yeah, like I, I had it wrong in that moment. Yeah. And lo- realizing that was actually so liberating afterwards because mm-hmm. it was like, it's not about the, you know, the being the good student and the sitting still for the X amount of minutes. It's about being in the moment, yeah. in fact. And yeah, that was a bit of a, do you know the way you have those moments, don't you? Oh, in your absolutely. path, in and your mindfulness was, path. Was it you, you um, did you do, was the MBSR you did as well? I did an MBSR as a student. A student, yeah. yeah. As no, a student, yeah. yeah. And I, I, it was probably, was it about that time that this happened? Uh, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it yeah, no, it was yeah. MBSR, yeah, that. Because I, I, I originally, my, my first introduction to mindfulness was the MBSR as well. And, yeah. um, but I found such pressure when you'd go back in, I did on, I think it was on a Friday night and you go back in the next Friday and you're like, I didn't fill in my diary. I missed the day. <laughs> and it's like, it was so liberating when you realize when like I had a great teacher, uh, Dominic, and uh, he kind of said to you, it's not about doing the practice. It's about giving yourself that time. Like it's like, it's like, there's so many of, and I'm one of the most guilty here at, at it is that to berate herself when we don't practice. And where, whereas the, who was it? I forget who, what teacher I was listening to one time. And we were talking about bringing the mind back and uh, as it wonders, just smile and be grateful that you noticed, you know, yeah. it's not, it's not about beating herself up. It's about mindfulness at the core essence is just bringing that awareness. Just, yeah cultivating an awareness with us like like it happened recently i was something happened and i was do you ever have this conversation in the car uh with your partner and it's like you're you're talking about something that's very just it's annoying you and it's you're really kind of angry about it and next thing somebody does the slightest thing in front of you in the car and you're shouting at them because you're getting all that anger and i remember uh, recently the same exact thing happened and uh i said i said will you drive your car at the car in front of me and then i literally stopped i said Hmm. A bit angry today, Stephen, aren't you? <laughs> My wife just laughed. It's like, but it's about bringing those pauses and the awareness into it. Jen. And the mm. labeling of it, like you did there. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Saying it out loud, like, yeah, oh, yeah. brilliant. And la- labeling is a fantastic thing. Um, mm. I, I, oh, geez, a, a few years ago there, um, I was doing a retreat. And one of the things we actually had to do was given, um, and I won't say it's, it's a terrible thing to say our negative personality because there is a natural bias. We're all going to have that, that kind of thing. And it's, it's like, it's it's just it's just another emotion, another feeling. But um, I used to call mine negative Nigel, the negative yeah. side of me. And yeah. it was a fantastic thing about living that because you were had the ability then to separate yourself from the emotion, separate yes. yourself from the those space. thoughts. Yeah, just creating yeah. that space. Yeah, amazing. That's really interesting. Really interesting. I love it. Yeah, the labeling aspect is so yeah very helpful amazing. as well. Very um, helpful. One one thing I I really want to talk about more actually, um, because I know it's, it's a massive part of your teaching your practice is um compassion, and self compassion, um, and yeah. because a lot of people they their introduction to mindfulness is from um and exactly like I said myself it was MBSR it was mindful based mm. stress reduction. And I was trying to reduce stress in my life. 
but I just am fascinated about compassion and how to just rather than thinking about the opposite of stress, but just just bring some compassion and some space into our life. Can you tell me Amazing. more about your your own teaching in, in compassion? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and it's like uh, it ties back in with what you're you're saying there as well around even what we're both saying around our approach to our practice. Mm-hmm. Like because we've brought a compassionate approach to our practice, that friend is always there for us, as opposed to the negative knocking, berating of ourselves. So yeah. it's 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 very much that, you know, compassionate approach to our mindfulness practice, compassionate approach to life. And the Kristen Neff Chris Germer work is just, I suppose, where I'm very much, um, I can't think of the right word. I'm I'm just very connected to that work at the moment. Um, And I think it's being driven very much by, I suppose, life experiences. The past three years, probably for everybody and myself included, have been you know, filled with so many pivots and doing the best we can kind of approach. And then it is definitely from being a parent. Um, So I guess the aspect of the work that I find really, really helpful is if you were to describe it in the body, it's like the strong back, but the soft front. So you have the, the spine, the strength, which is the fierce compassion bit. And then you have the soft front, which is the heart space and the tummy and, you know, the solar plexus. And that's the that's the tender compassion piece. And without getting too technical, I guess what I love about this work of Kristen and Chris is that it opens up space for us to set boundaries, to not be perfect, to live very real lives, I guess. Like there's a lot of talk around anger in it and Mm -hmm. processing anger. And even back to your story in the car when, you know, the car was in front of you and all of that. And you know where, where I guess you live this life sometimes, and I'm speaking from a personal point of view, yeah. where we're constantly striving to get things right yeah. and to be um, not angry and mm-hmm. to agree with people because, oh, my goodness, if I disagree, um, am I not being helpful? But... I guess I want to just empower my own family, my own children to find a way to speak their mind and stand up for themselves um, in situations while also being really respectful. Yeah. And, and and that work, that, that fear self-compassion work gives amazing tools for that. Um, so that's the road I found myself going down very much in the past, you know, two years, I guess. Yeah. Um, and 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 I hope that kind of shares yeah. somewhat. Ask me more questions if that's not you, because I'm, I'm <laughs> no. very much in my head and my heart on it. So I want to make yeah. sure. Yeah. 
So with, with Christine Neff, what re, what really stands out for me and what I really love is the, that she brings in um, common humanity because a lot of people, when they are in a situation where uh, they're feeling overwhelmed and that oftentimes we feel like it's just me, that I'm the only person in the world. And I got great um, reassurance from some of Christine, uh, Christine's uh, practices when I realized that this is this is natural. This is common, and a lot of people may feel yeah. the same things. Yeah, absolute game changer. And, I, and and it took me a while for that to land, actually. And that's why, if any of I, I love that you're teasing out all the bits because I'm I'm I want to be sure I'm not kind of um, that, I, that I'm making sense. I oh, no. to everybody that's listening, but <laughs> the, the I I had to write up that common humanity, like, I don't know what you call it, a Venn diagram and put it in my kitchen and refer to it like regularly Mm -hmm. in order to embody it. Um, Because I'd be in a situation and I'd go self-compassion. I need a bit of self-compassion now. What is that again? And then I'd go over and I'd have like little mindfulness circles. So it was the awareness piece. Yeah. And then... I'd have the common humanity. Oh, I'm not alone. There's other people going through something similar somewhere in the world yeah. or somebody else has gotten upset about a similar kind of thing. And then the self-compassion piece. And and for me, the hand on the heart is yeah. my very um, tangible yeah. way to ground myself in those moments. Um or even imagine, like I find myself, I do that now nearly quite regularly. And again, it's a bit mm-hmm. like you and the your CHQ on the bench. Yeah. You know, initially you're going, is that, is that a bit mad? I'm putting my hand on my heart. Is someone going to think that that's that what, what, but actually, do you know what? Nobody even notices. Yeah. And I find that so grounding and so comforting when I'm in, it could be a work-related situation. It could be, you know, anything yeah. at all. Um, and the hand on the heart is just an amazing way of bringing that kindness inwards, isn't it? Yeah. And it a, it's so important just to bring some kindness into ourselves, you know, bring, a, bring that in. Um, there was a phrase you used there. And I was thinking at the time, I was thinking, that's something really important that we should talk more about. And now I'm <laughs> forgetting what it was. Um, Don't in, worry. Oh, I'm about to go. I'm about to go on a mind blank here. Um, but listen, t- tell me more about um, about your yourself, about the like the your you're bringing mindfulness into companies. You're and but you're you're mixing that with the pottery side, are you as well? That's the, yes. can... yeah. So it's funny when you introduced me. Actually, it was really interesting to hear that again. You know, like that 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 sense of Giddy Studios for many many years uh and even from the beginning of my say oh being a mindfulness student as opposed to a formal teacher mm-hmm. i suppose pottery painting or painting or a lot of creative activities are so mindful naturally all yeah. by themselves and i set up the pottery painting studio in 2008 and just for clarity um this time last three years ago uh the studio closed as a result of world events. And then between a lot of, for a lot of different reasons, um, which I won't get into today, be another chat, I'd say. Um, 
the studio didn't get the chance to reopen. Um, and again, all for valid reasons. So uh, I guess I pivoted in that March and brought the pottery painting with the mindfulness uh, practices online straight away. Yeah. And, you know, there was such a, a demand really for connection, bringing mm -hmm. people together without physically being able to bring people together. And yeah. I feel so fortunate really that I had an opportunity to continue to do the work, mm -hmm. albeit in a different manner. So we sent packs out yeah. to loads of different corporate teams, loads of different. So it was from a wellness perspective or sometimes from a sports and socialist perspective. Yeah. Sometimes from a day to day, you know, taking care of teams. It was so gorgeous to see how companies responded to trying yeah. to take care of their people. And then to explain it very simply, the pack would arrive in someone's house. It would have their paint, their pottery which is a little plant pot, actually. You can see them up in the screen there if anyone oh, yeah. was watching this. Um, and their paint brushes, their glaze, and then we'd all meet on Zoom yeah. or Teams or whatever format. And I would open with mindfulness practices. Then we'd paint together, have some music, and then gratitude practice was very much, and I know that's an area that's very yeah. close to your own world, um, was very much the core of the session and then the idea was the pot would sit on the person's workplace or kitchen or wherever they were working from in that moment and they would add little gratitudes to it daily and it was like a little connector to their colleagues as well wow that's fantastic it's and it is actually interesting how um the companies and the hr teams kind of look for ways to reconnect people again because they were obviously very conscious of the fact that we're all working remotely and actually I'm I'm still working remotely uh, mostly since then and uh, yeah. three years on and it's um but companies really embrace that ability to just bring a connection between and, and but what I like about what you've done is that you create a something physical that would sit on their desk which would be a reminder of how they're all connected as well yeah yeah which is which was the tangible piece and yeah. the accessible piece because what we're mm -hmm. doing what you're doing and I'm just so blown away by what you're doing is you're making it accessible we're taking trying to take away the barriers I guess yeah. to you know that's this this is it can be so accessible and so mm -hmm. doable on in in the regular run of our day yeah um without us even needing to make it a pressure to carve out that time so by sitting there with the little jar the gratitude jar writing the little note popping it in we have i suppose helped build the pathway of you know thankfulness and we are as you know all the science around like gratitude and how we're reframing how we see our lives and like I'm a natural warrior. I am phenomenal at it. I just if, if there was an award. Are you sure we're not related? <laughs> <laughs> like it's and it's like so we can we can totally relate again. Mm -hmm. You know, oh total pro. Yeah. So so I actually feel like having 
spent the past three years particularly and I'm so it's so 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 grateful for my practice in these past three years like always grateful for it but particularly in the past three years in the midst of as you can imagine disassembling a physical um bricks and mortar business yeah um, in that nice. time when you really couldn't even sell a chair on adverts because yeah. people weren't moving yes so yeah. it was wildly difficult mm-hmm. um and i'm even getting a physical sensation as i reflect on it with you uh, now um and i'll put the hand on the heart yeah like the two things that i use the most were gratitude practice daily mm-hmm. doubling down I have a colleague of mine at the time who was helping me so much throughout it a team member was like just double down a gratitude, double down a gratitude. So on those toughest days when the climb was just particularly hard, doubling down a gratitude and the other one was my mindful cuppa. And this was something I did religiously throughout the the, the pandemic Mm -hmm. um, where if I wasn't in a position to pause in that moment and and do an audio or do a self-guided practice, I would mindfully make a cup of tea or a glass of water mm-hmm. and pause, step sideways yeah. and actually engage with the senses and have the cuppa um, and, very, and in a it, very focused way. But isn't that so fantastic that like you can create like um, one of the things and we're talking about breaking down barriers to mindfulness as well is that um, people think that it's something external to their day. It's something that they can't. I'm, I'm too busy for that. But you can spend 10, 15 seconds mindfully taking a sup of a, a, a water, you know, and it's just about dropping down from the head and just into into the, the sensations of the body and uh, just creating that space for ourselves. And I think it's and yes, it does take practice. Yes, it does take that commitment. But the consistency, consistency that you brought by doubling down on gratitude meant that you were focused on that. Um, that was what you really wanted from each day and uh, hats off like Jesus that was a tough tough time to go through Um, and then yeah no you're right you're right and 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 like my challenge was only probably oh even tiny compared to what other people were facing is the other side of this as I sit here and reflect with you now so I guess I just want to hold a tiny bit of space for that because mm-hmm. yeah, life can be so hard for people and life circumstances can be so difficult and having a toolkit that I guess is as relevant, whether it's, you know, a physical day to day nuts and bolts challenge yeah. or a much deeper emotional challenge and all of our climbs are different. So yeah, I'm very conscious of that sometimes that mindfulness is so powerful when you are just a regular human navigating life, even without those other massive climbs that that some people have to face. Does that make sense? Kind of like, you know, yeah. it's the normal people mindfulness piece. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, the day to day, you know, day-to-day. when you are yeah. a warrior or a ruminator or, a, you know, it's, oh, you, mm. uh, the, yeah. 
the, the challenges don't need to be huge is what I'm also yeah. saying, I think, if that's just yeah. coming across right. Absolutely. It does. The um, And it, you know what? It, it brings on um, from day to day. It's actually it's someone I ask every single guest on the podcast um, a question. And uh, because I think the day to day embodiment of um, mindfulness is different to every single person. And I think that's so important that we make it unique to ourselves and just take from it what really works for you. So um, the question I ask everybody is, what does mindful living mean to you? Yeah, that's a great question. So the tools that I use to live mindfully very depending on what kind of a day I'm having. And I guess I feel with practice, and I mean dipping the toe in kind of practice, like using all the different tools that are out there, and I'll summarize them in a minute, um, probably only the tip of the iceberg in terms of what's out there. But I guess what I'm what I'm trying to say is that because of the amount of exposure to different mindfulness tools over the past seven years, the one that I need the most seems to just be the one that shows up for me in a particular day, hour, week. So, mm -hmm. for example... I love journaling, but I don't do it every single day. But when I am in a particularly tricky climb, mm -hmm. that might be a regular situation where I might have had a conversation that's sticking with me and I can't, I can't lean into it and kind of allow, I'll go for the pen and paper and I'll unpack through a rain practice from Tara Brack, for example. Um, and just, you know, where I have the, what R stands for, A stands for I, and I and I literally jot down yeah. and unpack. Um, on another day, it's the cuppa. It is pausing, listening to the kettle, and just very carefully going through the different um, senses as I'm making the cup of tea. And instead of scrolling on my phone, I'll sit with the cuppa and, and actually enjoy it rather mm. than, than, than not engage with it properly. Um, gratitude, obviously, huge. And I firmly, firmly, firmly believe that by practicing it, Initially, maybe a little bit more formally, like jotting it down in one of the journals, like, you know, and, and you build, you build the, um, you build the muscle memory. Mm, yeah. Um, so Shauna Shapiro for me has been really helpful in terms of helping me wake up less worried. Um, okay. That's what I've, I've actually never heard of before. Okay, um, you'll... I, yeah, 
yeah in a mm. bit like me and 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 how i can't get over how it has taken me this long to chat to stephen downey <laughs> 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 oh, it's like i know i know it's gas isn't it um yeah. when the time but is right these exactly like it, I, yeah. I really believe that all, all things happen at the right time um that if actually the question actually about um in if you look back now and you've you've learned so much yeah. from the last three years and from the changes in your life that changes that you probably wouldn't have you wouldn't have made consciously unless the circumstances had had been what they were um yes you're so right you yeah. find it's 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 brought up about a resilience in you and yeah. can i ask a question and and it's kind of a controversial question in, in some ways that if you look back at your journey then over that and you brought gratitude in a lot of places, but would you be grateful for where this, where those places have brought you now? Yeah. Um, it is, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult question to answer because I straight away go to the piece where I, as you're asking me live, I'm instantly drawn to the, the bit that involves the team so I had a team and that bit was the hardest bit yeah. was that the impact of this on other people. Yes. So yes, in terms of the resilience piece, probably not there with the grateful bit. Yeah. I'm grateful for so many aspects, yeah, but that, as an overall, I couldn't say grateful for that just yet because the overriding sensation that I had there when you asked me was to do with the impact that that had on other people. And I, I'm, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to frame it in a way that it, it is a difficult question. And I want to be very respectful to the people that have been affected yeah. um, because it's very easy to make those decisions about like the conclusions about a journey ourselves but when it has had an impact on other people like that um that's of course you want to be respectful to to everybody's journey as well yeah no and you're so connected to it i can feel it um but if i step out of that now for a second and look at say life decisions and life yeah. path in general I I trust that I am where I'm meant to be. Do you know? And 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 my my journey is evolving. And mm-hmm. and from the you know when you leave, even even down to all the decisions that you, we make in life, yeah. So many of them are far from straightforward or linear. Um, and trust is what keeps you keeps you going, I suppose, because. Had I not struggled to juggle, say, self-employed life and and family and found all of that quite heavy, I wouldn't have found mindfulness. Mm. Had I not found mindfulness, I wouldn't have been in a position, I suppose, to pivot in the way that I pivoted. Um, 
And I'm at another new stage now again. I mean, it's evolving and evolving and evolving. And trust makes it enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Do you know Mel Robbins? Yeah. Um, do you know, do you have you come across Mel on Instagram? Oh, yeah, yeah, She's of course, the, yeah. yeah. She has this like 20 seconds, actually just an Instagram story. Like, and this is where yeah. I, I, you know, there's so many uh, social media is, I know such a, you know, we have to be so careful with it. But I do find for the type of work that you're doing and I'm doing and, and our community are doing on a global level, it's just such a re- it's a great way to to get messages out there. But yeah. she has a little um little story where she talks about the climb and interestingly it's around setting up her podcast. I'm gonna share mm-hmm. it with you. But she's like, life is a climb. And we get to the, the top, we get to the summit of one climb whether it be it was her launching her podcast and then she realized she'd done one episode and then she had to plan in her next eight <laughs> episodes. And she was like, I thought I'd arrived and now she's <laughs> back at the bottom of the mountain again. Do you know? Yeah. Like if we can look at it like a climb and that the climb, I guess, is okay. It's okay to feel like it is a climb. And then mindfulness is the kit to just get us through that whereas I think I know when I was younger Mm -hmm. I definitely felt like the climb was a failure yeah that I was failing if I was feeling like it was a climb that it shouldn't be hard Mm -hmm. and when I reframed that and trusted and actually went you know what yeah it is climb it's all actually it's not all hard but like there's a lot of tricky bits like Mm -hmm. that helped it was quite liberating actually there's um there's a person I don't know if you follow him uh, called Alan Watts. Um, no, he's a philosopher. He's fantastic actually, and yeah. I structured a lot, a lot of the talk actually did. But Jen recently was about his philosophy. Um, I'll send you a video. It's um, but it's amazing. I talked a, a few times. Uh, so people regularly listen to a podcast know about this, this video I talk about, and it's about why um why life should not be told as an analogy to a journey. And I used to really think of life as a journey from a point of view that um, I've had a lot of rejections in life. And um, to overcome them, we kind of think of that, right, it's not about that end goal, but it's about the journey and the meandering past that we get to and who we become along the way. Um, but what Alan Watts um, brings to it is a beautiful analogy uh, of comparing life to a dance or a piece of music. That yeah. when you're listening to a piece of music, it's not about who can get to the very end of that piece of music or that dance the quickest. It's about enjoying every step along the way. And uh, he has a it, it's when you said I have arrived It's actually part of his talk. And uh, he's saying about like uh, that we kind of go through life to kind of we're educated and we get to work and we're trying to get to the next level, the next level, the next level, all the way to work. And we get to retirement and we feel like. I'm now here, I'm 50 and I've, 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 or I'm whatever age you want to retire at. And I've arrived. And you realize that you haven't actually enjoyed all the times all that came up to this point. And, uh, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful talk. Um, I highly recommend looking at, looking at his talks. Um, uh, but there's, there's one in, in particular, there's one in particular, and I'll share it in the show notes of this, of this, uh, episode as well. And, um, it's, yeah, Brilliant. It's, it's just fantastic but it's it's about just like the life is all about the dance and at the very the end dance. you know it's it's about like looking back and saying was I dancing you know and I think yeah. 
what you've described in where you are now is that to me as an observer it seems like you're you're at a stage where you are in flow with whatever the path is going to take you that it's um whereas some people we can feel very rigid towards if it's not going this way this is not right yeah and uh i just think that's 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 a lovely way to get in life is to get uh, to to try and structure your life in a way that flows well that it it's not about the ups or downs or all that it's about how we can respond to what's going on around us yeah i love it it's a bit of a tangent sorry <laughs> no i love it i love it i love it i'm dancing <laughs> maybe i'm dancing yeah. i need to put that on a post-it i'm yeah. i love and put am, it am, I, the am i dancing today am i dancing yeah i love that yeah. analogy i love it yeah. i love it i love it yeah, no, it's 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 a lovely, lovely place. But listen, we we could talk for hours and hours and hours, and um, we talked actually at the start about <laughs> uh, about I think it was Mel Robbins uh, that brings out or who what who was it they're bringing out like uh, episode two and episode three or part two and three yeah, of a yeah. podcast. Um, I think we will have many conversations uh, in the future, but for now, if any of our listeners uh, want to contact you, what is the best way for them to get in contact? Yeah. So um, giddystudios.com, mm-hmm. the contact page, all the messages come to me and social media channels. I'm very active on LinkedIn from the corporate side and then Instagram on the kind of general side. Huh. So, yeah. And Helena meant- Deline and Giddy Studios, either of those will, will find me. We'll find yeah. you. And there was, um, you You mentioned the uh, the Thursday sessions that you do at a quarter to seven in the morning. That might appeal to a lot of people, especially remote workers that want to uh, want to just practice a, a consistent practice. Is that open to uh, to new people? You're so sound for bringing that up. I would have, um, I would have been, I would have been, I would have, I would have been sad if I hadn't brought that up at the end. So thank yeah. you for bringing it up. Um, that is, and what we do is, we send the recording straight after. So I find that's really beneficial because what people want to do is they, they kind of come on the community mm-hmm. and then it's not this barrier. Oh, I yeah. missed 645. And then everyone's, yeah. you know, like feeling like they didn't kind of do what they were hoping to do. So yeah. an awful lot of my people that are on that list will listen back on a Saturday morning or listen back on a Friday morning because Thursday something happened curveball they couldn't make it so don't don't let the 6 45 a.m piece be off putting um and then just total transparency because I know there's lots of different models around payment and stuff for different things yeah and I just interestingly just going to share this yeah. what I do is there's there's a charge of 25 euro for five sessions but just to open this up nobody is ever really expected to find money if the money isn't accessible so just that that that's not a barrier and I didn't do the donation thing and this is so funny that I'm talking about this on here but because sometimes I struggle with how much to donate when I'm asked to donate, right? Yeah. And I'm like, is that too little? And then I spend lots, of, I need mindfulness practice to get me out of whether I've donated enough or not. So what <laughs> I've decided to do is I put this nominal fee on it, right? Yeah. But really everyone to their own. And also the other side of that is I often do like 10 sessions for the 
cost of five and sure i'm looking yeah. at all of that every day so don't yeah. let money be a barrier i'm putting it on there as a way to kind of do you know what give it give it i suppose credence or, or value in people's calendars as well i find yeah. that you know when you kind of um make a little commitment to yourself sometimes exactly. you... this this is the whole thing going back to consistency and yeah. uh, finding a an anchor in your week where you can say right that's where i'll hook in with my mindfulness community and yeah. uh, and the group and I'd say you you've learned a lot about the the power of of group uh, as well that we all learn from each other and uh, it's amazing when we share an inquiry after a session how much we we learn from each other as well but listen it is not the end of our conversation but <laughs> thank you so much Alina Deline for being on Mindful Living Guide thank you so much for having me Stephen absolutely loved it. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, as you can tell through the conversation, I just love talking to Helena. She is such a wealth of knowledge and um, just a love for, for mindfulness and the difference that it makes not only to her life, but to the people around her. So listen, if you um, feel like uh, you connected with Helena and you want to get in contact, see the show notes and we'll have all the details there to get in contact. And uh, for now, I just want to say thank you so much for all the people leaving feedback on the episodes. Um, in case you didn't know, uh, Spotify have opened up a new reply option. So you can leave your feedback directly on the on the uh, episodes themselves. So thank you again to everyone for continuing to connect. And um, all I've left to say is I'm Stephen Downey and this has been the Mindful Living Guide.